This is Alyssa Olenek of Little List Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael. We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors enthusiasts, and entrepreneurs. We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme. So forget about the black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is best lived in the messy middle. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Messy Middle Podcast. So this week, Kate is currently going through her comprehensive exam. So we are doing an impromptu solo, all list, extended episode with lists only. And so I figured this would be a really good episode for me to talk about how I quote unquote balance it all. As you guys know, I actually loathe and despise and hate everything that has to do with the terminology around balance. I think balance is bullshit. I don't believe in it. And if anything, I think balance is just another word that we use that just essentially mimics perfectionism and gives us another unrealistic standard to live up to in our lives. And so while I say I quote unquote balance it all, this is more so what the expectation put on me, kind of by you guys, social media, people who view my life from the outside lens, thinking that I have it all together and I'm doing it all all the time and constantly asking me how I do it. And so I want to preface this entire episode with talking about what I believe in and instead. And so instead of balance, I believe in something called harmony. And you guys might think, oh, well, this is what I think is balance, this and that, blah, 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 and whatever your language is. But I think the word balance assumes that we have everything equally distributed. It's all evenly spread across our life. There's nothing that has more, nothing that has less. And it's very unrealistic, right? Because that would be great in a world where we have abundance of energy and time and resources, but we don't. Um, And so I believe in the concept of harmony, which means that we have, or something like a dial system is an easy way to think of it. And you only have 100% of yourself to give. And so I believe in dialing up a few things that are really important, but having to dial down a whole bunch of those things. And sometimes those knobs change, our priorities change day to day, week to week, season to season, year to year, whatever we're in. But harmony itself allows us to go all in on things rather than having to be evenly distributed by things. So where you guys think that I have it all together and I'm doing it all, I'm not. I am sacrificing and saying no to a ton of things. What you see is that I'm doing a few things very well, but I only put all my time and energy in on those few things. So other things that may be important to you, that you may prioritize, that you may care about more than me, you may do those things a lot better than I do. And I may neglect them entirely in order to do the things that I prioritize, I value, and I want to do. There's a book called Passion Paradox by Brad Stolenberg that I really like that talks about this a lot. And essentially it captures the fact that interesting people do not have balance. Very successful, passionate people do not have balance. But it all comes down to that concept of harmony, which I just talked about before, where sometimes you have to go all in on something. You really, really have to go 100% full bore, do it all. But the trick is knowing when to pull back let yourself be human, make space and time for other things that are important and giving yourself that grace and allowing yourself to be human within that so you don't completely neglect other things in your life that are also important like friends and family. And this is something that I've been trying to strike the perfect, I guess, balance with, you could say, the last few years and making sure that I don't let my passions overtake me, but recognizing that I am a multi-passionate, hardworking, driven person. And that's the kind of person that I am. I'm high energy. I like to produce. I like to create. I like to do. And knowing that it's really easy for me to go too far in one direction on things, get way too focused and neglect things in my life like maybe Regis or my family or friends or things that I need to do to help me be a sane, healthy, happy human. You might not be that kind of person. And you know what? That is okay. I don't think we need a world full of Alyssa's. So I think it's unfair that expectation for you to put that both on me that I do everything because I don't and or compare yourself to me because you aren't me. I'm 10 years ahead in these things that I've been doing. You may be you may be me as an undergrad or a master student trying to look at what I'm doing now and seeing that and comparing yourself to it. But I wasn't doing these things for years and years and years, but I was always taking the small, tiny, actionable habits and steps that allowed me to become the person I am. And that's what I've been working for and towards this entire time. But there's a lot of things that I give up and sacrifice that you may not want to. And I think that, you know, in some alternate universe, it might be nice to be someone who's potentially just more simple and has a much more simple life. Um, There's a lot of things that I definitely sometimes worry that I'm going to regret that I've given up or sacrificed to do the things that I'm doing. But I also think that I would live a life of regret if I didn't do the things that I'm doing. So I think it's important for you to recognize that as a person, what you value, what's important to you and what's going to make you happy in life and not compare success 
or productivity or whatever word or verbiage that you're looking for based off other people's because the only person who can tell you what success or productivity or happiness or doing it all means is you. So what doing it all means to me might look like totally different to you, but I think the reality of it is none of us are actually doing it all and removing that expectation. And then one more thing that I think is unfair for people to do to social media influencers, successful people, celebrities, friends, family, people we look up to, to think we're doing it all is to give this idea that these people are somehow more unique, more special than us. They have some superpower because it both robs those people of their hard work and their efforts and the things they've done to get to the places they are while also kind of giving us an excuse to not do those things ourselves because well we're not like them they're special they're unique they have something we don't have it's both downplaying what you're able to do while giving yourself kind of a pass to not do the work and so i'm here to tell you that it's unfair of you to put that on me but also it's unfair on yourself and that means that you are indirectly downplaying your potential and if you want to go out there and do the damn thing go do it. Don't compare yourself to other people, but call yourself out on your shit if you're letting that comparison or that unrealistic expectation you're putting on what those people do to be there. Stop letting that stop you from doing the things yourself. So with that being said, I get asked, you know, Liz, how do you balance fitness in school? How do you balance a business in school? And how do you do all these things? And the biggest thing is that I will do, like I just said, periods of time where I am ramped up all in, working crazy hours, tons and tons of focus and effort and pushing really hard on something matched with days, weeks, periods of time where I have low energy, low effort. This works for me and I have a lifestyle and a work style and also a work environment that lets me do this. Not everyone has that and I recognize that, but I'm sharing what I do because I'm being asked on that. I'm a grad student. I have an incredibly supportive but hands-off PI. I'm pretty much in charge of my entire schedule other than teaching. I choose when I do research on participants, when I have them, when I schedule them. I choose when I work. I choose when I write. I choose what I do. I run my own business. I'm my own boss. So I choose when I do the work for that too. So some weeks I might work 15 hours on a Monday and then four hours on a Tuesday because I want to be able to work out for two hours that day. But I know that my sacrifice of that was working a longer day on Monday, or if I work two shorter days in the week, I'm going to have to work on a Saturday or Sunday or whatever that is. So I look at my week as the full week. I look at the things that I have to do. In some weeks, that means I'm working in like above average amount. I might work 50, 60 hour a week. In some weeks, I might know that I worked really hard that other week, but a bunch of deadlines were met, a bunch of things were done, a bunch of tasks were removed off my list, and I might take a random Wednesday off because I can. So I think it's important to recognize that you're not always doing all the things all the time. It's that harmony, right? Sometimes you are ramping up and you're doing really hard efforts and you're just pushing as hard as you can, and then other times you're ramping down. And sometimes I ramp down when other things are important. So today is a great day. I'm recording this on election day and this really has nothing to do with the election, but you know, a lot of people are stressed and worried and maybe not having the most productive week this week. And today was one of those days where Regis just didn't, he didn't have it in him to work very hard. He was tired. He just joked. He's a big bum Reg. And Regis wanted to hang out with me all day. And I'm about to travel home the rest of the week because I can't do that, right? And I could tell Regis wanted to spend time together and hang out. And Regis generally has a more strict work schedule than me. And so one of my non-negotiables rules that I have is no matter what I have to do, no matter what's on my plate, if Regis wants to spend time together, he wants to hang out, he wants to do things, whatever it is, if he has that day where he's just being a little less stressed, a little more fun, a little more playful, whatever it is, or he's showing me or asking me for my time, I will drop whatever I'm doing to give him that, right? I love Regis. He's my boyfriend. We've been together for four years. That is non-negotiable, right? That's one of those rules I have where no matter how important the things I have going on, unless it's something that has like an immediately urgent deadline, I will make time for him no matter what if he shows me or expresses that he needs that. And so I did that today and I wasn't as productive as I needed to be and I should have been. I did my job. I did the things that needed done. I taught my classes. I didn't totally like not do what I needed to do, but all the little things, the stuff that can wait till tomorrow, it's going to wait till tomorrow because it can, because that's a priority that needs to happen. If I let my overzealous passion and work ethic run me all the time, I would neglect Regis and that would be unfair to him and that I wouldn't be able to have a healthy relationship. And that's where harmony comes in. Today, I turn down the work dial to turn up my relationship dial because that's important. But there's some weeks where Regis and I are both incredibly busy because we're both PhD students and I feel like I don't talk to him for days on end because we're working 12 hour days and he 
he'll leave in the morning and I'll stay out late and I, I will miss him even though we live together and work together. So then that time comes where we want to spend time with each other and I'll turn that work out down to make up for that so I can still have a healthy relationship and or make sure I'm meeting the needs of my partner, right? Same thing. I'm going home this week because my mom has been expressing to me for months that she misses me. She's very sad. She wants to see me. And I knew that that's important to her and that's she values that. And so I made sure I got my proposal done, all my edits on my manuscript done, a lot of big important things out of my inbox. So that way I can go home this week. And I know I have a few meetings. I have to work. I told my mom to you know schedule half days of her work because I have to do certain things. But I made sure that those things, non-negotiables, important work things, huge milestones that I needed to reach were out of my inbox. So that way I can go home and give myself a little bit of wiggle room and freedom so I can do those things and enjoy it. Are you guys catching a trend? I look at my life, not day to day, but on a large scale system, just like seasons of training, right? So when I was training for my ultra, I had really high, hard peak volume months, but then I had my taper where things where I was allowed to recover and breathe and do less. So that way I can push really hard again on race day. And we don't train super hard year round, right? We don't diet all year round. So the same thing applies to how I approach my life. Now, academia kind of builds that in when you're in school, you have the semesters, right? And then you'll have low seasons, um, around Christmas, the holidays, the summer, but I'm able to push certain things at certain periods of time. And that is exactly what I do. So while it may look like I'm overexerting myself and pushing unhealthily hard for a week or two or a month, there's going to be a week where I just take the whole week off or I take a vacation or I do things. It's not that I don't have fun. It's not that I don't enjoy my life. It's not that I don't allow myself to be human. I'm intentional and strategic about that. I'd rather push hard and work really hard and get a ton done and be able to take a full week off to go to Colorado and play in the mountains while just doing some work passively while I'm out there. That is how I choose to work. That's what works for me and that's how I know I thrive mentally, physically, productivity-wise. That's why I'm able to do what I do because I find a style that works for me. So these things might not work for you. And when it comes down to my day-to-day life and schedule, when we're talking just my Monday, Friday, going to work, working on my PhD, working on my business, working on my fitness goals, a huge thing that I talk about all the time is that I block schedule. So I have Outlook calendar, that's what UGA uses for our emails, and I choose to block schedule my time. I started doing this in undergrad with like an actual planner where I'd cut the sticky part of sticky notes and write what I was doing on them. And I would put it on one of those calendar fold out things there, and I would put the things that I needed to do that week that changed every week there on the sticky notes and everything else was written in Sharpie or pen. And so I always knew what I was doing when. And I was not great at this at first, I was not perfect, I was a lot like more all over the place and inconsistent with my goals and focus and habits at that age because I was younger, right? But years and years of trying to do this and figuring this out, I've gotten a lot better at it. Does that mean that I live and die by my schedule? No, but I make sure that I schedule the things I do, but I also schedule things that are non-negotiable. So people know that I love to work out. I work out a lot more than the average person. No one needs to work out as much as me unless you have fitness goals as size as I do. That's totally fine. But what I do is I schedule my workouts every single week and they are absolutely 100% a non-negotiable. So right now I'm doing my one-on-one lifting sessions Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. I am there every Tuesday or Wednesday at 9 a.m. no matter what. I will get up early and go to coffee shop and work beforehand so I know I can get about an hour and a half to two hours of work in before I go to the gym which gives me the ability to go to the gym for an hour or two hours in the middle of my day and then I will schedule my stuff or my work the rest of the day. I schedule my meetings, I schedule everything else but I put those things that are non-negotiables, which were my runs, my lifts, my training, whatever it is on my schedule. Now, if I'm going to the open gym at my CrossFit box, there's an AM or a morning open gym or an afternoon. And I allow myself to be a little bit more flexible. If one day I need to go to the 10 o'clock one or one day I need to go to the one o'clock one, I'll adjust that based off my needs, but I'm always going to one of them. I'm not missing either one. I'm going to one or the other. Another example of this where you have flexibility within your structure is I always take one rest day in the middle of the week and then one on the weekends when I'm not race training. I only take one day off when I'm race training because the volume together is just too much and it allows me to recover a little bit better. So I will take my rest day either on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So say my Wednesday is super, super busy. I will take my rest day that day. Or if my week is set up in a way where a rest day on Thursday, which is when I prefer to take it works out, I will do that. But I will adjust my week if needed, but those things still stay. The bricks just move. They aren't removed entirely, right? And that's how I look at my schedule. 
especially in grad school, things are always shifting. They're always changing. I run a business. Things come up. People need me to do something. I'm trying to create something. I'm trying to push something out. So there's always moving parts that something falls in your plate that you didn't expect. And you just simply have to rearrange what's important and learning what to say no, but knowing the things that you value and you know serve you and that you want in your schedule and time are there no matter what. So these are my big unsexy secrets, all of my hacks. The truth is I don't do it all. I give up a lot. I sacrifice a lot of things. I'm very messy behind the scenes. I am horrible at keeping an apartment clean to the degree of which Regis would prefer it to. My laundry will sit in the basket for weeks on end. I have to schedule calling my parents or family in between driving from the gym to work so that I can keep those relationships and be healthy. I'm literally not racing next year because two of my friends are getting married and my best friend asked me if I was too busy to be in her wedding because she was actually worried about that. And I didn't want to be that friend who's that focused on school and business that I couldn't be there for her for her wedding season. So it's easy to think that I have it all together because you see me doing a few things well, but but no, there's a lot of things that I end up having to neglect in my life that I don't love to. I'm not proud of, but I'm trying my best because I have a lot of big goals and being someone who's really ambitious and has a lot of goals does come with a lot of sacrifice, but it shouldn't come at sacrificing at the expense of others in an unhealthy way. So striking that balance is not always easy. But then again, no one makes me do the things that I do. I don't have to work as much on my business as I do. I don't have to work out as much as I do, and I don't have to get my PhD. Those are all choices. So at the end of the day, it's up to me to recognize that I'm making these choices, and these are sacrifices that I have to give, especially when it comes to doing things on top of my PhD. My PhD has to come before everything else, and then my business and fitness come second. So no matter what, that work needs done first. That's the priority. Everything else gets a no or a not now, or I have to outsource it, which is a huge thing that I do in my business so I'm able to do what I do. I pay other people to do things for me. And a lot of people are maybe not in that position to be able to do that, but that's how I'm honestly able to do what I do. I use meal prep services and I pay for people to do things for me that I don't have time to do or I don't want to do. My sister-in-law is my virtual assistant. Kate helps with the podcast. I have been outsourcing coaching and programming and design help. I pay people to do things for me and that allows me to do more on my end to grow my business while also being in school and having the time to be as focused on my academic goals as I am while also offloading a ton of my business so it kind of can run without me and that was the goal that I had when I was creating it. So it's easy to see everything and I'm doing and be like, oh, Liz is doing all that. But I'm also not doing all that. When I do research and testing, I have undergrads who help me. I train them on things to do for me. I'm very, very intentional and smart about those things that I take on myself, what I'm capable of. And I say no or ask for help for anything else. I know that is a privilege. Not everyone has the financial or, you know, circumstantial means to do that, but it would be ignorant for me to not address that as well. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go through some of your guys' Q&A questions that you asked on this and just answer them one at a time. Um, some of these are grad school focused, some of these are fitness focused, some of these are general whatever focused. Um, so I'm going to read them off and then I'm just going to answer them like I would a Q&A in my stories only except for to you guys in your, in your ears. Um, so one question is, how do you induce a sense of urgency to get up and write early in the morning? So if you guys aren't aware kind of lockdowns have messed us up a little bit. I used to have a schedule where I knew each coffee shop that opened up at 6, 6.30 and 7. And based on the day and what I needed to do, I would always get up and go early and write. But now I still, the one coffee shop does open up at 6.30 a.m. And I often am there at 6.30 in the morning. Or if I really, really need a minute deadline, I'll wake up at like 4.35 in the morning and write and get it done. And so this is something that I've found has worked really well for me in grad school. I prioritize my sleep and I know I need to get to bed early. I sometimes focus really well at night, but I don't want to get into that habit. So I wake up early and that's just something I started doing in graduate school. I wasn't an early riser before my PhD. I was, ne I was never that person, but I found out that was a way for me to get time that was quiet where I could think where no one needed me, but also I could get up and get a few hours of work in before the day even started. So then I could go do those other things I do like fitness or maybe working on business stuff later in the day or getting into the lab to do other things I have to do. And so there's no really sense of urgency. It's just a sense of personal responsibility. Do I want to do this? Do I value this? Okay, well, I'm going to make it happen. I could not work out for two hours in the middle of the day. I could give that up and use that time to write, but I value and prioritize that. And I know that that time that I get up and write is more efficient for me than almost anything else and it doesn't waste my time and allows me to get to the end goal of whatever I'm working on or I'm doing more efficiently and quicker. So it's just, it's not even necessarily urgency or motivation, it's just personal responsibility for 
the things that I want to do. You guys are going to see that trend for a lot of the stuff I do. It really just comes down to me saying, okay, well, I wanted to do this or I agreed to do this or this makes space for other things that are important to me. So I prioritize that. It's not easy. I mean, I do metabolism research, which has forced me into being an early riser, but I don't love waking up early to do it all the time, but I know that it allows me to have freedom later on to do the things that I want to do, or it helps me accomplish those tasks and be focused without the distraction of things. And that is important to me. And I value that. So I'm willing to wake up early for that. You guys are always asking me, Liz, what the heck do you do on your long runs? And Kate has recently converted me to Audible. With Audible, I'm able to combine my two favorite pastimes, running and learning. If that isn't the most Alyssa thing, I don't know what is. I know, right? So Audible has helped carry me many, many miles with audiobooks and podcasts. And the best thing about it is I'm able to download them directly to my phone and listen to them while I'm offline, running through the woods in the middle of nowhere with no self-service. And since I have a reading list approximately as high as I am tall, there's no other way I'd be able to consume so much with how busy I am. That's exactly why I love Audible. I've been a member for years now because I honestly cannot read enough books if I have to sit down to read them all. Audible has been a godsend because I can listen to audiobooks while I'm cooking, working out, or walking my pup Rocky, but my favorite way to use Audible is as I'm going to sleep, and you guys, I recently found out that Audible has bedtime stories narrated by none other than Nick Jonas and Tony Shalhoub, who you may know as the character Monk. Their voices are like so perfectly sultry and like they really guide you off to sleep. It's incredible. So every month, members get one credit to pick any title, no matter the cost, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digest and guided meditation programs, dare I say, by no other than the Pete Diddy himself. If that doesn't scream littlest meditation, I don't know what does. The Audible app is available on all smartphones and tablets, and you can download titles to listen offline anywhere and anytime. You can start listening today with a 30-day trial. You get one title plus two Audible originals for free when you visit audibletrial.com slash messymiddle. That's audibletrial.com slash M-E-S-S-Y-M-I-D-D-L-E. Are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking? In a world full of juice cleanses, detox teas, fancy promises, it can really be hard to trust anything. But high-quality supplements, when dosed appropriately, can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I've been using Legion supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened, and my favorite part, they are fully transparent in their labeling, and they use dosages that are actually backed with what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with, and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge, because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective, and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their cinnamon cereal whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The mocha cappuccino plant protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant based. And Recharge, the recovery blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSYMIDDLE at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y. M-I-D-D-L-E at checkout to save 20% today. Do you dislike sitting still and resting? So if you guys aren't aware, I am a very high energy person. This is not something to hide. I really don't like to sit still. Now I will, like last night I sat on the couch and watched TV for a few hours and I will sit still, but generally things that I enjoy doing in my past time, in my passive time are what I call normal people things. Like I like going to Target and just killing time and browsing around or maybe going with Regis to Trader Joe's to find new snacks or just doing what I call normal people things because I'm go, go, going with work all the time, which I don't necessarily like to do, but I don't necessarily love just sitting around, being lazy, watching TV. I don't really like napping. Now, this is nothing against anyone who likes to do these things. I just honestly don't enjoy them. Do I do them? Yeah. Do I like to watch TV? Yeah. Do I usually sit down at night every night for about an hour or two and relax? Of course I do. I'm a normal human. Um, And if there's times where I'm more exhausted than others, then yeah, I do that. But for the most part, 
I just have a lot of energy and I don't ever, you know, work myself too unhealthily beyond what I possibly can do all the time. Sometimes I do and I have to reel it back in. But for the most part, I just have a lot of energy and I'm just very fast working and productive and I, I, I like it. I, I'm happy doing those things and so that's just what works for me. So how do you handle your friends and family not understanding your commitments? And this has been really hard for me especially being in graduate school because I feel like no one really understands what you're going through. No one really understands what a PhD is. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know what a dissertation is. And so I think the biggest thing for me is just creating space and making time for those people and those relationships, talking to them, explaining things to them on a way that they can get it. I've been very fortunate where a lot of people in my circle are supportive. I really thought I was a one woman army for a while there. Um, Reed just didn't really understand my business stuff at first until it grew and now he's kind of more aware of what I do. Um, not that he didn't support it. He just thought it was like a little Instagram thing and then it got a lot bigger than that. And so now he's like, he's he just deals with my Fitzboeing things and the apartment and all the stuff I get sent and all the stuff I have to do. Um, my mom doesn't fully understand my PhD because I don't think she gets it, but she's now more understanding about my time and my commitments and things I have to do. And like I said, I'm going home this week to see her to prioritize that because I know that's important to her. But I've been very fortunate. My dad and brother have actually been a great source of just you know, feedback or running things by or advice when it comes to my business. My brother has a business degree and my dad works in insurance and on business sides of stuff. So they're very knowledgeable in these areas. And so they've actually been really, really helpful of that. And since my sister-in-law works for me, I've gotten very lucky over the last few years where that discrepancy between people understanding what I'm doing and then what I'm actually doing has been better, at least with my close friends. And then a lot of my Honestly, for people that I talk with and communicate with and am friends with on a day-to-day basis, they are freelancers or do their own thing. So they get what, I, what I'm what i doing or they understand it or we talk business or they I hire them for things. I mean, you guys have heard Tatum's on the podcast, Luke, my editor, and his wife, Rachel. They do tons of stuff for me and they're my really good friends. And so I've started to surround myself with people who understand and support what I'm doing and that's been huge. But that doesn't mean that I also, I've lost a lot of people along the way and it really sucks. And sometimes that happens, you just outgrow people or people outgrow you 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 just go different ways and that's been hard I feel like when I was younger and I hadn't really accomplished anything yet it was a lot harder to get people to understand the dreams and visions and goals that I had for myself now that I'm actually showing that I you know I'm doing what I said I was going to do and I'm succeeding at it I think there's a lot more acceptance of that I would say the hardest thing was really like when I was an undergrad and I was working my butt off and studying really hard and working multiple jobs and you're kind of even par with everyone else there no one really understood why I was doing what I was doing but I knew I had those bigger dreams and goals and visions of everything I wanted to do and I had to stick to that even when no one understood it and that was really hard but finding even just one or two close friends or people who support you and get that was so vital for me in that time and I still have a couple of those friends now who never really second guessed any of the crazy things I wanted to do and fully supported me or even when I started my business and it wasn't anything yet and didn't understand why I was working so hard on something that was nothing were there through it all and saw it all and so now I still have them to fall back on which is really helpful but that was probably the hardest that maybe four-year phase of later college through my early master's where no one really understood what I was doing and why I wanted to do it and having to just trust and believe and support yourself when no one else really did. Do I sleep or am I just on caffeine rage all the time? The answer is both. Um, I think another question is here is actually how much caffeine I drink in a day. So if you guys don't know, I'm the queen of sleep. I mean, Kate's our sleep master. That's what she understands from a scientific perspective. But I am incredibly protective of my sleep schedule. Like that is something that I am so protective about. I am just not functioning the way I like to be. Uh, I think sleep is my superpower. So I'm really protective of my sleep schedule. So that includes me having to force myself to stop working at a certain time, winding down. If I get really worked up on work or anxious about something I have to do the next day, I will have trouble falling asleep and I know this. So I will adjust my pre-sleep routine I guess you can call it based off what I have to do the next day so if I have to like say get up really early from a metabolic testing session for research I know that I'll stress sleep thinking about that session so I'll make sure that I wind down extra early so that I actually get myself settled so I fall asleep before that now if I work really late and sometimes I have to I try not to I know that it takes a little extra time for me to fall asleep and if I can sleep in the next day I'll let myself but generally I know if I have to get up early 
I have to be super careful about what I do, reducing screen time, not getting angry or riled up about anything online or with work and just making sure that I'm in bed. And so I'm probably in bed anywhere between 9 to 11 p.m. every night. It's been pushed back closer to 11 with the pandemic. Normally during the school year, it's like 8.30 to 9.30. And then I'm up pretty consistently every single day. Uh, this year's definitely been more flexible because I've been working from home, so I have a little more free time. But I get up early and I make sure that I'm getting at the least seven hours of sleep. That is the bare minimum I'll let myself get. Usually I'm trying to get at least eight, eight thirty, um, eight, eight and a half hours of sleep every single night because I know that that allows me to do more. So even if it's sleep takes more time, that allows me to do more things because I have more energy and I'm not just dragging my ass all day long. And I do drink coffee. I'll probably drink one small or medium coffee every morning. And then I'll probably drink another caffeinated beverage in the afternoon. So I'm probably drinking anywhere from 100 to 300 milligrams of caffeine a day, just depending on the day. I try not to do that upper limit. I don't take any pre-workouts that have caffeine in them. I use non-stimulated stuff. Um, so I usually try not to do too much. Um, if I'm in a lower season of mental effort, I'll try to like reel it back to just one time a day so I'm not as um, insensitive to it so when I need it it's kind of more effective but when I have to do a lot of writing or things that just require a lot of energy I generally will drink you know once in the morning once in the afternoon something that's huge for me because I protect my sleep but I do like to drink caffeine is I don't drink any caffeine um I try to not drink in the afternoon but then 2 p.m is my latest cutoff because that gives me six to eight hours before my bedtime because caffeine's half-life is about that everyone it's a little different on um but that's generally what I try to do with myself I have my caffeine window we just think sometimes I'm a little too crazy about this, but I'm really, really strict about that because I know that I'm sensitive to caffeine. It works for me and it does impair your sleep, even if you feel like you can sleep on it. And so I know, okay, not messing with my sleep. So I don't do it. If I'm tired of the afternoon, I'm tired of the afternoon. It is what it is. So someone asked, did you ever go through a time where it was all too much? I used to live hard, but now I feel tired all the time. And I think this was where using harmony in a healthy way and reading that book, Passion Paradox, was really helpful for me to rein that in. So I burnt myself out really, really bad last summer for personal reasons, financial reasons, academic reasons, just a whole bunch of stuff. And I kind of got to the point where I had to look at my advisor at the time and I was like, I have to take a trip. I have to take a week off or I'm going to crack or snap. I took a last minute trip to Colorado with my best friend because I needed to do that and I had a lot going on in my life. I've talked about this a little bit in the past but that summer last summer was just really hard and really messy for me and I knew that once I was able to get through that season in life because sometimes you just have to keep pushing and doing what you need to do, taking care of yourself, working towards the things you have to do but then I gave myself a large season of grace. So after my 50 miler last year because of all that stuff in the summer and my grandma passing and my brother getting married and moving and school and life, it was just a lot. It was a ton. But I knew, again, I couldn't push at the same threshold for another year or I was going to shatter. And I saw how close I got to shattering and I knew that that wasn't healthy and I didn't want to do that again. So if you guys, you know, have been around here for a while. You know, I took about seven months off training for ultras altogether racing just doing normal stuff I didn't I took six months off running I just did crossfit I lifted I didn't put any pressure on myself so I still worked out quite a bit because it's me um but I knew that that was unhealthy and that I needed to pull back because I didn't want to live that hard all the time. I know it seems like I'm pushing hard all the time, but I am very careful. I'm making sure I rein myself back in or I have days where I push a little bit harder and I allow myself to recover the next day. I allow myself to have that fluidity in my effort so that way I can make sure I'm taking care of myself with it all. I'm also very vocal to people around me. I Luckily, I have a very supportive academic advisor and if I'm not okay, I can tell him and he's understanding about that and he makes sure that we, you know, eat well and work out and take care of our health and I have a very supportive significant other who's doing all of this with me which is very very helpful but I try to not let myself get to that edge of burnout I'm very I used to say I'm Icarus I always fly too close to the sun and I did that for years and years and really last summer was my final straw and like saying Alyssa this is this is too much you can't do this to yourself this is not healthy and so now even though I do you know try to do a bunch of things I am very very cautious and careful about reeling it back in so I can protect myself with that. Someone asked, what is the most crucial part of my daily routine? And I think that the idea that we have to have some perfect morning or nighttime or daily routine to make us successful is something that's pushed a lot more romantically than it needs to be. And so I find that as long as I just keep my schedule and routine as consistent as possible, where it reduces as much mental energy than I need to exert, that's 
what is crucial for me. So not having really random things, having a game plan, knowing what I'm doing. If I have too much fluidity, too much self-choice, too much self-freedom, I don't really schedule or know what I'm doing on certain days, then I'll kind of have the whole day get away from me. But as long as I plan accordingly, I know what I need to do. I know what the tasks that are most important for me to accomplish that day and schedule that out or prepare for that, then I'm usually okay. So I like to take time for myself, like when I first get to my coffee shop in the morning and just, you know, drink my coffee and kind of adjust for the day. But for the most part, as long as I keep my routine and schedule predictable, consistent and working with me and knowing what I'm trying to accomplish and do, and I have a plan for the day, then I will be the most productive. That is the most crucial. I really just need a plan. I need to tell myself what I'm going to do and decide what I'm going to do. Because if I don't do that, then I end up kind of just doing nothing. I'll end up just wasting my time. And so another thing with that, that I recognize within myself is not trying to force myself to do work when it's just not happening. This is especially important with grad school and writing. Sometimes I just don't have it in me. I'm not thinking coherently, reading, nothing makes sense. And I just know that I need to take a step back. And I used to try to work through that just to make it feel like I was working and doing something. And I've kind of taken that as a sign and knowing that maybe that's not the task that I need to be doing that day and changing or swapping it out for something else. But still keeping the structure and routine and making a plan, but knowing that I can't do all the things every day and, and adjusting and considering that within that the questions ask me how I sleep knowing I didn't get everything done for the day and so I have a magic superpower fortunately despite stress and anxiety that I, I do have is that I when I turn off work mode I'm really able to just turn off work mode I'm either on or I'm off and I'm able to kind of disassociate between that I know it's not it's not easy for all people um but I think I kind of came to a point where I've just accepted that you will not always get everything done in a day your to-do list will never be done and coming to terms with that and giving myself grace with that has always been really helpful and there is some times where I just did what have you guys said the answer is grit the fuck up and get it done <laughs> um which is kind of my approach there is some days where I know that I'm going to have to push a little harder or I want to push a little harder to do the few big things that are on my to-do list to get me caught back up in my life so that I'm not constantly feeling like I'm that far behind. I think Jocko is the person who talks about that where they're saying if you're, you know, if it takes two days of really hard work to get yourself caught up so you're not always three days behind, sometimes it's better off just spending those two days pushing really hard so that way you can go back to living at a normal pace that's sustainable. And so a great example of this, again, is last week I got very stressed. A lot of things ended up falling on my plate. Some things I didn't plan for. I had a lot of things that I need to do. I lost a full day of work last Thursday because hurricanes knocked out Wi-Fi and power and it just kind of messed up my whole day. And so I knew that I needed to get a few really important things off my list, off my plate. So one, I could go home this week and work a little more flexibly, um, but also meet some deadlines that I had for myself. So I ended up staying up super late Friday night and working on a presentation I need to do that I'm doing um, in a couple weeks for Frey's, Frey Academy. But I also needed to write my master's manuscript draft that I've been putting off and I kind of got put on the back burner with my proposal and other things but I knew I wanted to write that manuscript when my proposal and manuscript drafts for my other paper were in my PI's inbox and so I stayed up really late Friday working on that that presentation because that's a business thing that's not a school thing that's not an academic thing it's not my top priority so I stayed up late on a Friday night doing that where someone might go out and hang out with their friends or whatever you do on Friday nights if you're a normal person and then I Friday all day Saturday and Sunday, I wrote an entire manuscript other than like I need to clean up some stuff, things here at the end. But I knew that those few things that were on my to-do list were big and hovering over me. And I just pushed extra hard for a few days to get them done. So now I feel like I can breathe. Now I feel like everything I have on my to-do list is sustainable. I can do it and I go to sleep regardless, giving myself sleep because I also know that that sleep's super important. So I think sometimes it comes down to just winding down at night and accepting that that was the day that you had and rearranging your plan for the next day. And then sometimes it needs a couple days of extra push. And I also have this general rule of thumb that I always joke about within grad school is that if I make a to-do list on a Monday, I will not finish that until Wednesday. And that's usually what happens. I think we tend to be overly ambitious. And so I usually try to accomplish one big task a day. I have a few things that I know I need to do every day. Like I need to make a post for social media and I need to do certain things with teaching or whatever stuff that's predictable. But with everything else, I say, okay, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do to get closer to these goals? And I'll schedule things like writing specific days or I'll schedule one task for that day that I need to get done. Instead of trying to do it all at once, I just pick one thing at a time and just do what I can. And then I go to bed and I just adjust the next day accordingly. And sometimes that means I push a little extra the next day. And sometimes that means I get to back off because I got a couple big things off my plate. 
questions asked me about things I say no to in order to quote unquote balance it all or do it all. So I want to give you guys a big frame of reference that I live 12 or 13 hours away from all my family and a lot of my close friends. So I don't go and see my parents every single week and I don't see friends like that every single weekend. And I do have friends locally, obviously I'm on the podcast with Kate, but I don't go to the bar. I don't go to brunch. I don't do things like that. I go to the gym and I work on my business. That's pretty much what I do in my free time from my PhD. So think of every other normal person thing that you do. And I pretty much don't do that. Regis and I will go out to eat every once in a while together, but we do all the same things and we'll schedule that on like a Friday night later when we weren't doing anything anyway. But I think it's really important to remember that there's a ton of stuff that you probably do when it comes to friends, family, social life, having fun, recreational sports and hobbies that I just don't do. When I say that I truly sleep a lot, eat a lot, work out a lot, and just work, that's kind of all I do. It's not sexy. It's not glamorous. I feel like people really like to over romanticize my life because I'm productive and successful and the eyes of general society but I don't really live this glamorous super exciting life I spend a lot of time in coffee shops alone I and I I like the work that I do um and honestly my business and my social media stuff is a fun hobby I guess for me I mean I've turned it into a business but I I kind of sometimes some of the stuff I do is just fun for me and that's what I do and so I don't do a lot of the normal people things and I I used to feel really guilty for not having a conventional normal life but a lot of those things really don't bring me joy and I don't like them I'll do them and I have friends and I'll do things that are social 2020 hasn't really been the best year for that but you know you know pre-pandemic I'll do things I'll go get a beer with people um, I'm not anti-fun but there's a lot of things that I'm not able to do because I just don't have the time to do them and I have to have a lot of control over my schedule and sometimes it makes me feel like a boring annoying human because even people at my gym they'll take their time and mess around and have fun and sometimes I'm like no I need to be here put my headphones and lift because I have to go back to work and that's just it makes me feel really lame and shitty sometimes and sometimes if you're not pushing this hard in all areas of life you maybe don't have to feel that shitty about that stuff yourself and that's something that you know a cost benefit of that but really that's what it comes down to is just I don't do a lot of normal people things I truly wake up go to a coffee shop go to the gym come home shower eat work for the rest of the night Regis and I eat dinner super late hang out with him a little bit go to bed and do it again and then when I'm race training on a Saturday morning, I get up at the butt crack of dawn to run, or I work out a whole bunch every week. And so you don't have to want the same things as I do, but those are the things that I want. And if I want to accomplish the things I want to do, these things that bring me joy and value, then I have to do those. And so for me, when people say, what do you say no to? Recognize that I say no to a lot of things. So other examples of this is I don't wear makeup. I don't style my hair. I don't get dressed every day. These are things that you may value and prioritize. There's nothing wrong with them, but I just don't give a shit about them. I don't have the time or mental space to do that. So I don't, I don't cook. I don't make myself big fancy meals and I don't bake because for me that takes time and energy and I don't have that. I say no to those things. So Think about even little things in your daily life that maybe you value and prioritize. Maybe you have a kid. Maybe you live closer to your family. Maybe you have a ton of friends around you and you're not like me who is like a social recluse. And those are things that you might have. You might go out to dinner with your friends during the weeknight or have them over for dinner or have a girl's night and a glass of wine. I don't do those things during the week. All of my friends are getting their PhD. I mean, or in work out a ton. So it's, I have people who have the same priorities as me, so we get it, but I'm not doing a lot of things that maybe you do to your day-to-day life that seem really, really simple, like taking five minutes to put your makeup on, and I just don't do it. Do I like wearing makeup sometimes? Yeah, but for me, that just falls off the list. I say no to basic things. It sounds really silly, but that type of mental energy saves me, and I can pour that into making an Instagram post or whatever it is that I need to do so I can do that on top of everything else that I'm doing. Last, I'm going to just summarize some of these questions asking me about transitioning between tasks and main commitments and other things and then how to function when I need to work when I'm tired from working out and vice versa. And so I try to do this thing where, as you guys like have established, I'll go to a coffee shop or I'll work from home before I go to the gym and I'd like to give myself about a 20 to 30 minute cushion where I transition off mentally heavy focused tasks and focus out more because especially with starting Olympic weightlifting, um, that requires a lot of mental focus when I'm doing it. I will want to totally trash my training sessions and I value that, right? 
And so I will give myself 20 to 30 minutes that where maybe I'm listening to music, watching some YouTube videos, whatever, to get me into that mindset, to transition off that, kind of relax, not think about stats or numbers or signs or data, and merge into that. Similarly, I don't expect myself necessarily to go right from the gym straight back into work. I'll give myself time to eat, shower, change, and rearrange and shift my day from that. And one of the big reasons I wake up really early and work before I go to the gym, because it allows me to get maybe one to two, maybe three, depending on the day, hours of work in before I go to the gym is because I am tired after I go to the gym. So that allows me to accomplish some of my bigger things. I'll usually try to do those bigger tasks that I need to do, things that are weighing on me, maybe writing or stats or something that might take a little bit more time or get that started and going so I have somewhere to pick up back on it later. Because yeah, I will be tired after hard workouts and that is hard. So I try to give myself time to mentally transition between things if something's mentally demanding and then physically demanding. But then when I finish gym and I need to go back and I need to think cognitively or do work, I usually allow myself to, you know, get back into it, ramp back into it. But also, I know this might sound silly and I didn't talk about this during this, but eating enough afterwards, yes, you have some nervous system response that's gonna make you tired, that's very normal. But generally, I have a lot more cognitive energy to do work in the afternoon if I eat like a good bit of carbs and I can recover from my workouts. But also, if I do do two doses of caffeine during the day, I will do it after my workout. So that way I'm able to give myself kind of that little bit of a jolt afterwards and I'm not talking anything crazy like less than 100 milligrams but just enough to kind of keep me going depending on what I need during that day and so I just allow myself transitioning is a really hard thing and I think we lose a lot of productivity in our transition times and that's a big reason I'm a pro for block block scheduling but something that's even harder for me honestly is like transitioning from something like teaching to writing because teaching will drain me a lot because I'll be talking a bunch I don't have to transition to writing and then if I go to the gym so I really do when I block schedule my week I think about my whole week and I think about when I can be the most productive on certain tasks and so I know that if I take a full rest day on Thursday that's going to be a heavy writing day for me I'm going to get able to just sit and be a full potato and write and focused all day long where Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my bigger workout days with my coach so I might schedule things that day like only writing in the afternoon or small tasks or whatever it's whatever I'm doing or if I'm doing research and doing a bunch of exercise testing and have participants coming in I'll try to schedule a lot of that on days before I teach because I know teaching drains me a lot and so does doing human subjects research so I'll try to do those types of activities that are different they're more energy costly than maybe mentally costly and planning out my week within that so that I'm able to you know use my efforts as intelligently as possible now those of you who have normal jobs, nine to five, maybe you have kids, that might not work for you, but it, it might actually work. So consider like the mental versus emotional efforts of your time versus physical efforts of your week and distributing those in a way so you can be the most efficient. Because I know that if I have a really, really, really hard workout, I may not want to write about physiology for the rest of the afternoon, but I can grade, I can write emails, I can do other things that I need to do or whatever it is that's on my to-do list. And so I kind of plan and arrange my week around that so I'm able to be productive within things that maybe drain me at the end of the day. So I think that answered most of your questions. It might not be sexy. It might not be what you guys wanted to hear. It might not be the most ideal, but this is truly just what works for me and what I do. I want to really, really, really encourage you guys to recognize that I have been working really hard since I was about 18 on cultivating better habits and becoming a more efficient person and working on things that I didn't have skills in and that I really valued and admired in successful people. And I was kind of mad and jealous and wish I had in myself. And what I realized is that we have a lot more control and a lot more say and the person we are how productive we are you know how successful we are obviously there's some barriers and a lot of privilege and like a lot of opportunities that I've had that I'm very 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 fortunate for but I was not always this type of person um I've always been hardworking. I've always been high energy but I used to be very very all over the place and it really was once I got into college where I had to really hone that in and I was an athlete and I w wanted to do well in school and so I prioritize those things. And so way back to freshman year, Alyssa, I wasn't the best player on the lacrosse team, but I worked hard, but I knew that I valued school. And I was so, so scared of failing out of school that I got like six tutors and I ended up only keeping three of them because that was unnecessary. But every day after practice, I knew that if I went to practice and then dinner, I would, I wouldn't stay at dinner for two hours with everyone else and goof around. I would stay for 30 minutes, eat my food, maybe an hour. And then instead of going back up to my dorm, because I had a really awesome floor of girls, they were very fun. So instead of going to the dorm, I went to the library. Every single night I didn't shower. I wore my sweaty practice clothes to the dining hall, ate my dinner, and then I went to the library every single night my freshman year. And that allowed me to really set up a great academic 
foundation for myself and I realized that I was a lot smarter than I had thought I was but I set up that discipline and routine and so then sophomore year I lived off campus but I knew that during the day I had practice I had lifting I had one-on-ones I had to prioritize all those things so I would go from my 8 a.m class to the library and I would have an hour or two hours where I did a bunch of things and I would study or prepare or start doing my study guide or whatever it was and I would just plan my days around that and prioritize those things because I knew they were important to me. If I had an exam, I would schedule out two weeks in advance when I was going to study. So I knew that I could get the studying done on time. And so I just knew these are the habits of successful people that I like to emulate. And little by little, one by one, I just started implementing them into my life. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't efficient. I wasn't always organized. These things took a lot of time. But because I started doing those almost 10 years ago. Now you're seeing the fruits of that labor. And I carry those things with me into the later end of my college career where I worked a bunch of jobs and I had a bunch of opportunities. And I worked really hard to be able to create a foundation for myself to get my master's. But then in my master's, I had to reestablish all these new habits, right? Because your master's is going to be different from undergrad. And so I just continued to develop even better habits around fitness, around food, around balancing my workload around not overexerting myself. And there was definitely times in my master's the first semester I overextended myself in a very unhealthy way the first month or so in. And then I learned really quickly that I couldn't do it and it wasn't healthy and I had to figure out a better plan. So sometimes we figure out how to do things more efficiently by completely fucking it up. But I just one by one, I would read books on self-development, on habits, on all these things. And I would just try to apply little things one by one. You can read all the books in the world, but you have to apply things. And then slowly that merged into my PhD. And I was not even the woman that you watch me be every single day on Instagram three years ago when I started my PhD. I have really felt that these last few years have been the pinnacle of everything I've worked so hard to become and create finally coming together after all these years. So please remember that my journey of doing these things started in 2011 at Lock Haven University where I was a dinky little 18 year old freshman. I didn't know what the hell they were doing with their life, but she knew she had big goals and dreams and she knew that you had work hard to get there and so I figured out for nine years how to make myself the most efficient version of what I'm trying to be as possible I'm not always perfect I mess it up I have days that get away from me and I'm not productive or I completely lose it and it's not always sexy and it's not always glamorous because with every day that you kind of you know you're lax a days ago or you fall behind there's days where I'm pushing harder than most people are willing to and that's just simply a choice that I make to do the things that I want to do so what I'm going to sign off with and encourage you is that it's up to you to identify what choices are the most important to you, what you value, what is a non-negotiable for your time, and get real honest with yourself about how you are spending your time. Because even now, I am not as efficient as I can be. I waste a lot of time. I do a lot of things that I shouldn't be time, spending time and energy on, and I'm still to this day calling myself out on my shit on where I could be more productive in certain areas and or give myself more grace or be more human in other areas. And that is where it lies. So that being said I'll link it in the show notes for this episode Um, I have a couple books on my Amazon page that I think would be really helpful for you guys and that is going to be that one passion paradox book by Brad Stollenberg I talk about that a lot that's going to be a great book for my friends that are really really hyper focused super passionate feel like they can't control themselves or rein it in I feel that a lot that's I've been having more struggles reining myself in than really like pushing myself in my life so that's I've kind of had that flip side of a lot of people but if you're on the other side of that and you're really struggling to develop good systems and good habits and good routine that allow you to be successful, I really encourage you to look into James Clear's book and his book, Atomic Habits. Kate's a big fan of that too. I've read it and a lot of that stuff I kind of knew, but it was really eye-opening to me to see how we create better habits, how our environment drives a lot of the choices that we make and how reducing mental effort, stacking things onto what we already do and finding either an environment or people that allow you to make the choices that are going to cascade you into way more success with all your goals that you have. And then there's nothing special about people that like me that you view. We just set our environments up for success for us and we don't have better willpower or more motivation. We just basically reduce the mental energy we need to spend on things that do not matter. So those are two books that I really encourage you to check out. I really encourage you to read. I think they'll be really eye-opening and help you guys even further understand my stance on balance and work-life balance and what these things mean to me and value and prioritizing thing, but also creating environments and habits that allow me to be successful in the choices that I make. So with that being said, um, I want you guys to live well, demand better, and stay messy. I really hope this episode was helpful for you guys and I hope you have a fantastic week.